you know, we talked about getting together. And uh, one more time. He's on her. Can it be? We're just so filled with the Christmas spirit. I love Christmas. But we, you know what we love more? Cocktail. Oh, man. Starring Tom Cruise. We thought maybe maybe we come back out of retirement to do that movie one more time. Unreal. What one last time. This is unprecedented. Is this the fourth iteration of our cocktail review? I have to ask. I think it's three. Do we ever it's do it three. multiple times, or do we just pull, put the clip out twice? I think once was Paper Keg proper. Yeah. That it was interview, interview with the podcast vampire, because we got the cocktail, we are confused as to what we should do. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, I think... As I, a surprise, we did it again in Paper Cake Proper. Can we get a confirmation from that on Dale? I, I feel like when there's like Jonesy facts being spilled live on the air, my guts tighten up. <laughs> no, it's only twice. We did it for Paper Cake, and then I, I wouldn't let us just re-release the audio mm. yeah. for Interview with the Podcast Vampire. Well, you you were officially the VP of, of Paper Cake when, we, when yeah. the show was alive and running. Dale underscore A, welcome back. Yeah, uh, former VP of Paper Cake. Feels great uh, to be back in the saddle. You know, yeah. sometimes good things like this we just can't let die. Mm-hmm. So we got to just you know pull ourselves back up and uh, do it again, run it again. <laughs> Not only do we have the VP back in the studio, we dusted off the studio, mm-hmm. and we have uh, we called up writer. From the Paper Keg Podcast, out of retirement, he has a very busy, busy job that he does now around this season. At Redacted. At Redacted. Uh, we knew we had to get one man to review yeah. Cocktail again. We knew he would watch it again before this recording. Yeah, definitely didn't decide 70 hours ago to watch it, and I worked 64 of them. <laughs> but whatever. We knew he'd watch it again. We knew in the face of adversity, this that I would, one man steps up to the plate. God, I ran to the shelter of your love, Dale. Welcome back to the show, Jonesy Loves Beer. Thank you for having me. It's nice to, for my vampiro form to rise once again in the night mm-hmm. to mediocrely podcast. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm a mediocre podcast host halfway through an uneventful career. Mm. So um, thanks very much for having me. I was so excited about, you know, us talking about this over 70 hours ago that I ran to the shelter of um, digital music spaces to buy the cocktail soundtrack. Really? Can't find it, can you? It's uh, not on Amazon to buy, but it is on iTunes, the iTunes store. What? Uh, And it is available. Like two years ago, it was re-released on vinyl. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I bought it with such uh, joy. You bought the vinyl? No, I didn't. Oh. Buy, I didn't buy, oh my god! I bought it in iTunes, and it is half of a soundtrack. There's <laughs> like six tracks. There's ten it's tracks, easy. and the two of them were a reprise of an earlier song. And the good and Run for Your Shelter is not even on the soundtrack. Are you kidding Run for me? Your Shelter is the only reason to come back for that soundtrack. Yeah, um, there. I think there's a dance number while they're in Jamaica. One of the Jamaican songs is there where they're riding horses. Right. But the there's another good one that's not on the soundtrack. Couldn't get the rights for that Couldn't vinyl. Couldn't those rights. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> what company is going to say no to like yeah. a cocktail I, re-release? 
Yeah, we're much too busy for you to do that. I don't yeah, think we so. We can't do that. We can't allow that. No. We have too much artist's integrity. Our stable. Is this the first time you've watched it since the last time we did this uh, episode? Yeah, you know what? It's uh, I've seen it on like Cinemax over the past year, and I would put it on for a couple minutes, but I never set out and, you know, make myself a nice drink mm-hmm. and, and uh, watch it. I'd never, I'd never mix up a turquoise blue. Make a cocktail, have a dream. Jonesy, to the best of your ability, what's cocktail? What's it about? What happens in this movie for the people that haven't seen it yet so that they can enjoy this this conversation? So, young lad Brian Flanagan uh, comes back to New York City where he gets repeatedly laughed out of job interviews. You know, he thinks he's going to come back, no degree, no experience, and make himself in the Big Apple. Uh, he's, uh, relegated to bartending at the very first TJI Fridays, uh, which, uh, is still an S-hole to this day. It was so popular back then, I guess. Uh, but then he walks into the place of one Coughlin, 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 Coughlin. Coughlin's law. So Coughlin takes him under his cocktail wing. They become like brothers, you know, also accidentally sabotaging each other's Love lives, mm. you know. Flanagan jets off to the tropics, where he becomes a, a barman there. This magic moment, where he meets a young Elizabeth Shue. Golly, they uh, who was a vision oh in this movie, by the way. The fir- yeah. Maybe the first vision. The fir- I mean, the vision I still have of her side boob. <laughs> I'm sweating <laughs> right now. I should. Do we usually prompt you for a sexual vision quest, or is that something you Maybe take off on your own? It just happens. It just, it's just too organic. <laughs> you can't. You can't plan for something like that. So then, um, Flanagan though is really there to meet uh, a sugar mama, which he does. You know, know if, I'm gonna hold. I don't know if that's true, but I'll I'll let you continue. He is there to meet a sugar mama, of course. Unwittingly impregnates Elizabeth Shue while he's there. Oops. Flies back to New York as the boy toy of What's-Her-Face. Another woman. And then uh, after he gets out of fist fight in an art gallery, true Tom style, he must find Coughlin again, where he <laughs> ultimately kills himself. Coughlin, not Tom Cruise. Coughlin, yeah. I, <laughs> let, me be, let me be clear. It is not Tom Cruise who kills himself. This sets Tom on the right path. He steals Elizabeth Shue away from her evil rich father. And they go make a life at Flanagan's Cocktails and Dreams. It's not bad. So I guess it's okay that you haven't seen the movie in three years. Yeah, not bad. uh, It's not bad. Yeah. It's not great. It's not (laughs) bad. It's not great. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll punch you both in the face after this is over. (laughs) Word. Oh, gosh. I fired this up last night. Yeah, me too. I just got internet back. We were internetless for more than 12 hours at that house. Thank heavens. We were able to get it back. I uh, took some notes down for the first time oh, man. maybe in six years. To, I mean, I know you this took movie notes so as well. Oh my God. How on earth did Tom Cruise get these job interviews when Holy he gets to crap. New York City? How have we not talked about this before? How did he get his foot in the door? In Wall Street. Yeah, for Wall Street level jobs, they they let him come in so they could tell him to his face that they're not interested. Zero interest. He literally gets on a bus back to New York from the military. He did his I assume tour. army. He did a tour or something. Yeah. I don't know. He's just out. Honorable yeah. discharge. 
and he tells his uncle that owns this bar, like, I'm, I'm about to make my first million, <laughs> right. uncle. F you and your dumb bar. Uncle Pat. I'm smarter than you. I'm going to, I got these job interviews lined Stale up. Stale beer from rusty pipes, he says. <laughs> he gets the job interviews somehow. How? He's How got does no he do college it? degree. It's almost if they just needed a smash cut of him being rejected for a movie. Let me put the fourth pull back up. Uh, his, I would think his feathered his hair fake in those scenes. Yes or no? Do you Go. want Do you want my opinion? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like he showed up to these jobs, resume in hand, and with just his charisma, mm. was mm-hmm. able to get his foot in the door. But it quickly evaporated. That's possible. When the resume was kind of empty. His cruisisma. His hair, there were some strange things happening with his hair in this movie. Like, he had poofy hair during these job interviews <laughs> yeah. and at the end of the movie. So, I don't know what they shot out of order, but... Well, they probably he, did the New York scenes all at the same time and then flew down for the others. Could be. But even if you're Tom, you're so cocky, what do you think's going to happen to these job interviews, Tom? You're a fast learner, but yeah. you're going to jump on Wall Street. I'm willing to start at the bottom. That's, what, that's your line that you're going to start being a traitor? No one's ever said that before, Tom? Right. No one's ever gotten said no to. I'm willing to be the worst person you've ever hired. Like he has enough, he has enough gumption to get a seat in these people's office. But but yeah, but I think that through the magic of movie making, we're to assume that these are like CEOs he's interviewing with. It's probably some mid level HR manager that you know Mm -hmm. probably has his lunch out while he's interviewing Mm -hmm. because he doesn't have time to go and get a lunch. So he's like, yeah, be quick, kid. You can interview while I eat my lunch, or what have you. My exact line in my notes is, he has no degree, WTF is he thinking? Well, this is also my first 80s note is, New York. I don't think the degree was as necessary as it is now. My first uh, note, wig in the beginning, feathered hair. <laughs> can you imagine if it was an actual wig and they needed him to use it for some reason? Like, in the beginning, when he is speaking to these HR managers... His hair is so thick and poofy. <laughs> Do you think he has a weave on? A lot rather of conditioner, than a wig? maybe. I think it's, yeah, I think he's got it's an apparatus. Yeah, it's he's a got weave. got a piece. It's got to be a weave. Yeah, it's woven into <laughs> his hair. Because, like, when he is uh, busting Jordan out of uh, her Park Avenue apartment, he, you know, it's like, it's wavy and thick. styled. It's like yeah. Tom hair, 80s Tom hair. But this is like, it's a different level, this beginning here. Mm-hmm. Have we talked Wall how beautiful hair. Elizabeth Shue was in this movie? I mean, just... Stunning. She's amazing. Stunning. Yeah. The flower of youth is upon her. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I've never heard that before. Well, there you go. <laughs> so he's, he's done getting his A kicked on Wall Street. He's had it. Yeah. He needs something. Presumably, he's staying with his Uncle Pat. During this time, mm-hmm. uh, on the floor of the bar, and he walks into this TGI Fridays, uh, and his life changes. Right? right, the bar is closed. I can't tell if it's five p.m. Five a.m. <laughs> if it's is it five a.m. and he's still walking around in a suit in his briefcase, mm-hmm. and but uh, it's daylight. Why are they closed? It, that's exactly right because yeah, they it, only open on Fridays. Is it before TGI nice. Fridays started becoming famous for their ribs and their like <laughs> family oriented uh, uh, atmosphere, and yeah. they don't open until eight p.m. in Manhattan? I Wait. feel like I asked this question three years ago. Is there an original TGI Fridays 
was it ever famous? It did it come from New York, and that's how the chain happened. I don't know. And don't we're know. seeing and like the answers. double origin of Brian Flanagan and TGI Fridays. There still is a TGI Fridays in Times Square that's like three times as expensive as the regular TGI Fridays. Oh my gosh! The f- just for a heads up for people, Jonesy's coughing. Mm-hmm. We're all on the same track. This is your first. Uh, oh, usually you're able to edit with hearing that. when it happens if someone's talking. So just bear with it. Yeah, I can't ever stop coughing. <laughs> just for the record, just getting over a little, just a small case of pneumonia. Uh, I first of all, let me. I don't even know if I said this. I purposely tried not to listen to mm-hmm. our last cocktail episode. Right. I wanted to go in fresh. I can't stand Coglin. I want to slap him in the mouth. Every scene he's in. From from the opening scene? From, from the, the opening first scene. scene, he's so extra. Like, he's making his fancy, gross drink to keep him awake. Right. Like, we get it, pal. And it's funny, because I, I listened to the other, <laughs> the middle podcast, the podcast, Vampire Podcast. I listened to it, the first half of it, you know, and I was like, I gotta stop. I gotta stop this. Yeah. This is crazy. But we don't talk about it, but yes, he's being a flair bartender for... The person who walked in off the street and the kitchen, the, the bus boys, like, why is he doing making a red eye so fancifully? Yeah. Maybe. Is he like practicing himself in like fighting? Batting style. Posi- yeah. 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 He doesn't want to get any ring rust. Also, have you ever met someone that would have talked about a law with their first name in front of it? Like, <laughs> hey, mate. Coglin's law. law, yada right. yada yada. Like, what did you? What is your name, Coglin? I don't understand. The hustlers never work, and the workers never hustle. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been out of that place. Like, you're a loser. Get out of my yeah. face. I'm out of here. I'm gonna go get a job at Bennigan's. Did, hang All on, right. for the for you're the gonna intern. be my manager. <laughs> did this movie come out post Crocodile Dundee? I don't know. Was Coglin casted in place, or answer. maybe written in? Yeah. Because Crocodile Dundee was like the number two grossing movie of right. 1986. We need a Crocodile Dundee in this yeah. film. Listen, we put Crocodile Dundee in and we're making bank. It's like how they film movies now in like half of it in China so that it'll do well in the oh, Chinese yeah, box yeah. office. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they thought, uh, what's his name? Brown. What's his name? Murphy Brown. Brian Brown was actually Paul Hogan. Kind of like <laughs> the poor man's Paul Hogan. <laughs> if we can't get Paul Hogan, we'll get him. Right. So this, I mean, he just oh, he just drank a Foster's. <laughs> like he's perfect. <laughs> I just did confirm uh, with the intern. Crocodile Dundee did can't come out in '86. Cocktail '88. Wow. See. Yep. See. That's it. Is this the first time one of my predictions <laughs> came true? First time in history. Yeah. I feel so. Was it a a loose confirmation? (laughs) Loose confirmation. (laughs) My my pointless speculation finally comes to fruition. (laughs) Doug Coughlin says, "Okay, Brian Flanagan, be my young, be my bartender. Yeah, I will invite you in." It's 1988, so you know this is before he becomes the world's first bar barman poet, but the world's last barman poet. First and last, for all we know. No, it's the the world's last yuppie poet, the f- world's first bartender poet. I mean, I didn't watch it. So I'm just Jones assuming back you're on right. a losing streak. <laughs> so just that quick, <clears throat> you're at this TGI Fridays. It's 1988. I guess drinks are so. Um, I don't know what the word is. Yuppie, like they're so in fashion that Weird the waitress, Mixology. the waitress is bugging Brian Flanagan for a Cuba Libra. Right? Mm-hmm. Because in 1988, who didn't order a rum and coke 
the, 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 for one, if I go into TGI Fridays and I want a rum and Coke, because it's 1988 and I'm wearing like shoulder pads and a high-powered, like a fashionable suit, do I order the Cuba Libra or do I just order the rum and Coke? Or is it the waitress's then job to just say, hey, Brian, I just need a rum and Coke. I'm, she doesn't have to bitch at him saying she needs this Cuba Libra when he doesn't know what it is. I thought she was doing that on purpose to, to get him. Like she to knew. To get his goad. He doesn't know what this drink is. So, but okay. why would she I think, think the that guy, would make I the think bar? I think the guy ordered a rum and coke. All right. That's what I think. That, so I, I'm just worried about this yeah. guy here and what his yeah. beef is with needing to order a fashionable drink. With that it's said, just so every other person at that restaurant ordered a drink that no one has ever ordered Who before. is drinking this crap at, at TJ Fridays? This is like when you're in your early 20s and you go out with your friends and you sit at the bar and you're like, I don't know. What do we get? What do you want to get? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What's our drink? Should we get Washington apples? Because nobody else can like nobody Snake else bites. Nobody else can think about what to order, so they get like a blowjob and a Washington <laughs> apple and a dirty nipple. What else? What are they called? Yeah, like this. These are the but these are the kind of drinks that these people are just drinking. Is there yeah. even a society that orders drinks like this now? Like no, do people go out and order like wacky drinks? You know, there's probably like a contingent of the hippies, like an offshoot that goes and gets like uh, slow gin fizzes. Or old fashions together, and once the like fruit cut up uh-huh. because they all think they're Don Draper. I'm, right. I think that's probably a thing. Could that's be. probably a thing, but like, uh, you know, a ding a ling, you know, a, 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 what a kamikaze, like, why Sex are they on the beach? Yeah, why are they ordering this uh, craziness? It's slim, is it like this in Manhattan at the TGI Fridays? <laughs> Can you confirm? I feel like that poets that all over all Times Square Fridays. A rev up just to get slim. <laughs> they they are so enamored with each other. They live together. Coglin and uh, Brian. They're they they become roommates, and they work at the same place. Like they're up each other's ass twenty four hours I, a day. I still can't even get how Brian would be so infatuated with Coglin. I would not want to be near that guy outside of work. Also, how did at the end of his first night he like wins over the staff, and he's pulling off his sock and he's wringing it out. What is he doing that his sock is getting so wet that he has to wring it out? Uh, Maybe drinks are being spilt like over the bar into his shoes. Yeah, like that's why they have the rubber mats behind the the bar. But I mean, imagine gross. Like that is a breeding ground for bacteria in between those toes. I was taking uh, so many photos of the movie that I was watching in bed last night, and Amanda like asked me, she's like, what did you do last night? I opened up Google Photos, and all these pictures of Tom Cruise at a bar. Uh, there was I, Some of my notes, my next note was, um, why is Tom so bad at making decisions? And I think this was, the, they eventually get, they're so popular at this Fridays that this other rich guy shows up. He's right. like, you guys should be at uh, my bar. I'll make you the most popular bartenders in the in the country. What's he? But what does he call his bar? A saloon. I own the best saloon in town. Yeah. Like where? Like this is Red Rock Mesa. <laughs> and his bar is so lame. It is. Was it called like Cell Block? Cell and it's block. it's a prison themed bar where people read like slam poetry. <laughs> <laughs> It's 1988. What is happening? And that's the bottom line. <laughs> Everyone's like yelling out. Everyone has bits and they like beg Tom Cruise. 
yeah. to get up and 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 rock a poem for us. What is going on in this planet? You know, it didn't feel as preposterous as it does now that you actually just spoke about it. it, it I, yeah. I was excited to do this movie for a third time because I was like excited to see what we would spend time on the third time. <laughs> right. Yes. And what would annoy right. us that someone who watched it for the first time probably wouldn't even like give a crap about. And that's so we, you know, he, he goes down his list of the drinks he makes. And then he says, if you want to get loaded, why don't you just order a shot? Let's start with the turquoise blue. That's like, I didn't say it in his, mm-hmm. in, you know, the stanzas, obviously. Yeah. I couldn't replicate that if I tried. But I looked up the turquoise blue. It's just like rum and curacao. It's just like a Washington apple, but in a shot. If you, you're, <laughs> Your you're, level of consternation like, right now is just, rough. That's the cell block in his head. That's not like the tried and true barman. He's not a bartender pouring shots of tequila to get you loaded. He's, he's doing these froofy mixed drink shots. Mm-hmm. That only people who can't decide what they want order. Yeah. Because then the bar, you know, every bartender's like, oh, yeah, I could make a Washington app. Like, they're like, roll, eyes are rolling in the back of their head as they did help you decide that you want the uh, the pink nipple or, you know, like, and I could Swedish make a fish. Like, a whole round of $6 drinks that have a, a, an inkling oh, this of This is Manhattan 88. Those are like $40. How pop. big is their like drink menu at that point if they're calling these regular drinks other names just to spice it up yeah just so they can get money yeah it's like a cheesecake factory menu in there <laughs> <laughs> the other part another bad decision he starts he gets uh hooked up with this waitress what's that actress's name gina Gershon. Uh, the photographer rather gina Gershon. oh man gina Gershon just looks wild in this are film. we sure i didn't she watch does. this movie i remember very, very <laughs> I don't know well how you yeah, knew your, that your pants <laughs> just shot off <laughs> Bringing up Gina Gershon. He has a Ooh. night. He spends the night with her. They're having a great time in bed. There's mm-hmm. a long 30 second scene of them just sexually like wrestling for like play wrestling. Yeah. Like, that's like, not how you do it. But it's, <laughs> but it's like they were wrestling only if like they were connected at the bottom. Like he never leaves her, but they're still wrestling at the same time. There we go. So like he's just <laughs> Gershon is just wrapped around him. And he's just like in his head, he can't, like he's formulating the perfect poet, the poetry of them wrapping up in this comforter, in this brownstone You you can't see his Dale stroking his mustache. (laughs) I can't even look at you. (laughs) Like what, it would be the worst feeling in the world if he had to leave her at this very moment. So, he, he it's not over. Let it happen. <laughs> we'll come back to it in like 15 minutes as if it never ended. He leaves her. Coglin, the guy that I hate, starts telling Tom, like, you got to leave this girl, mate. Right. She's bad for you, mate. You can't be attached to these, these holes. These birds. And uh, he bets uh, Tom that she'll sleep with another man. She'll be with another man in like. 24 hours about 50 bucks so he accepts the bet and gina shows up at the bar that night she mm-hmm. starts making out with coglin in front of tom and uh coglin told her that they were hooking up so she thinks like he went around her back to like blab yeah it's which is sickening that, that coglin would do that it's absolutely sickening but 
my theory around this this time with the rewatch, Jonesy. <laughs> there before that happens, right? There's two scenes, very important scenes. First is when the roommates they're in their crappy apartment, and uh, Brian reveals the Jamaica plan right. with the poster, right? Gina Gershon might as well pull Doug's pants down. Like the the eyes that she was giving him mm. after every amazing joke that he cracked. Like she was looking at him sexually. Yeah, she was just like like Brian was inside me, but now you need to be inside me. <laughs> right on this kitchen floor. God, the dirty the ass, ass linoleum floor. Bro- <laughs> Queen's uh, apartment. Oh, my God. So the then, rat hair alone. Ugh. That happens. And then, so then they're playing basketball when, you know, what you just said, Doug was trying to the convince bet. Brian. But I think that was, it was already happening at that point. Really? And I think that was Doug's A cover, coward way of trying to tell Brian. Oh. Or trying to, like, soften the blow. Hmm. I mean, Gina Gershon yeah, was looking at Tom. this Australian actor. Oh. The poor man's Paul Hogan. Yeah. So like, what then? I mean, do you think that Coughlin, I guess in a way, Coughlin ruins Brian's life at every turn. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. He's, a, he's an awful person. And yet Tom keeps coming back to him. Is Coughlin the, the real life representative of, of his own insecurities, <laughs> of his own problems? <laughs> Well, yeah, you it's, get you Coughlin see is, that is a little Brian's bit. problems manifest. You see that at the end because Coglin opens up to Brian and reveals that he has no like. It happens in an instant. Later, he meets up with him again. He's like, "Brian, my only friend in the world, like my best friend." Yeah, my best at that friend. Point, my only I felt friend. bad. Like, okay, yeah, he's he's kind of screwed up, and he sees Brian, but he does so many bad things to Brian. Yeah, because they he eventually he have, they have a fight at that bar. He leaves town. Two years later, he's got his own beachfront bar in jamaica and he meets up with elizabeth shoe Amazing. for the for the first day so the, like he saves elizabeth shoe's friend from dying and mm-hmm. elizabeth shoe comes back to the bar so they're just having fun flirty interplay at the bar and then Coglin shows up yeah i felt so bad for elizabeth shoe to have to just sit through their awkward repartee after oh, two man. years of being apart yeah, like totally elizabeth shoe trying to just like Hang out with Tom, and she's got to sit there. And the thing was with that, she shows up, and she's got to live, like, she's got to sit through the same ordeal that Brian had to sit through when he first walked into the TGI Fridays. Mm. Brian has this whole spiel now, like, he's not, he's he's this flair bartender with a line for every scenario, and it's just like, she just wants a beer, dude. He's the second coming of Colin, in a way. Happy hour. The time where you spend with spouse, souse, you know, it's just like, just get the beer. <laughs> Make the, the daiquiri for the dude out. next to you. For hey, He's going to lime in that Corona. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and the, so, yeah, like, Elizabeth Shue asked for her his friends, like, my friends dying on the beach. Mm. Uh, so he jumps over the bar. What if she was bitten by a bull shark? <laughs> what if she, it wasn't champagne on the beach? She didn't say what was wrong with her. Mm-hmm. That's so how- he jumps over the bar to do what? To tell somebody else? What if it was like shot by two marauders? Yeah, like pirates. <laughs> guys with guns drag, waiting for him. Drag the corpse to the bar. Put some ice on it. <laughs> <laughs> somebody else, minutes ice could somebody else yeah. call the ambulance. Yeah. 
God, she she was infatuated with him from the moment in that uh, ambulance. She couldn't st- keep her eyes yeah, off oh Tom. Oh my God, right? It was magic from the onset. And it was like the reverse for the audience to see Elizabeth's <laughs> shoe there. You know? Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. Infatuated. And then they, they're just, the, I don't know, like as soon as the good thing happens, Doug shows back up. Right. And it's just like, man. God, he's just the worst timing. Just picture the trajectory of Brian's life had he not ever shown back up in the picture. It would have been sky high. Yeah. Because like, you know what? he They would have hit it off. He would have probably, you know, had a long-term relationship with her, married her, discovered that she's rich. Right, after the fact. After right. the fact. And yeah. he pr- presumably could have started his own business mm-hmm. with her. Basically everything he always wanted. Exactly. Yeah. Without the influence of... Coglin ruined Doug. But as it happens, Doug bets Brian later that week, I bet you can't um, bag that rich woman or like get her to fancy you. That rich woman on the other side of the bar bet you 50 bucks. Yeah. And he agrees to it. Oh, animal. I was just so like, like Brian, no, this is, this is going to change the course of your life. Yes. You're already on the good path. Yeah. I mean, what, does he, have to, what does he have to prove to Doug at this point? Nothing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like this guy, he, he had a, a hiccup by hooking up with Doug, but he's been executing his plan, mm-hmm. working in Jamaica at this bar, presumably making enough money, you know, yeah. like what do you need to F it up for? It, Doug's it gonna be out of here in like a few more days. It's he's on his honeymoon because he married a rich woman, mm-hmm. so he's having the the life that Brian, you know, I guess wanted. Oh, God. But even even like I picked up on when they were when he was revealing his Jamaica plans in the crappy apartment, like Doug said, no, that money's not coming fast enough for me in this scenario of like us going down to Jamaica and working. So the entire time, Doug's just looking for a woman to marry mm-hmm. who's rich. Yeah. Like, the entire time, he just needs a quick injection of cash. Seed money. How about the, the bikinis that woman wore? His Doug's wife. Oh, my God. String bikinis. Kelly what, Lynch. 1988? My How God. About, did you see the abs on what? her? No. I mean, when she's walking to the bar from the beach, um, her abs, man, she's ripped. Was this before Roadhouse or... Like I, mean, I, I feel like Roadhouse was ninety ninety one. I didn't realize that was the same actress. Same actress. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, it's because she plays a doctor in Roadhouse. She's a much better actress in Roadhouse. Uh, I well, she, she is stiff lines. as her abs in this movie. Nothing yeah, she's going basically on. Basically, a cardboard cutout. Yeah, eighty nine. She's a movie. poor actress in this movie, especially when she's trying to and seduce Brian Lee. This in the is movie. the decade of Kelly Lynch. She got Cocktail eighty eight, Roadhouse ninety nine or eighty nine. Then what? Then probably nothing as a set more than that. <laughs> they call this the decade of Kelly yeah, Lynch with those two I movies. I think that's what they refer the 80s to, right? They're always like, the 80s, or as we commonly know it, the right. decade of Kelly Lynch. So he he takes this rich, uh, or um, Elizabeth Shue comes to visit him at the bar. But by this point, uh, the drunk, the the rich woman's drunk. I guess Brian is also drunk, and they're about to go back to her cabana. <sighs> she sees it happen, so she's on the next flight out of there. And... Brian spends the night with this woman. She's kooky, but she's rich. All right. And she's like, I want to. I want you to come back to New York or something like that. I don't even remember. Be my kept man. Right. My she, boy. Yeah, she falls in love with his sexual prowess. Like, she might not, you know, she needs like, um, what's what was uh, 
like the green hornets, <laughs> like Cato, Cato, like she needs her like Cato. manservant, <laughs> sexual, Cato. like sexual Cato. She just needs a sexual Cato to hold, <laughs> hold her minx and put it inside this, of her. This is maybe the strangest connection we've ever made. Brian Flanagan as a sexual Cato. To, she just needs. Good lord. She could presumably probably, ha- you know, she doesn't need to like work at. No. Like, no. you know, work in the upper crust, the upper echelon and try to get. She just needs like some stiffness and and somebody to carry her things. Right. To carry, to hold her purse. Right. Yeah. And it's so amazing. Like, he's just like presumably behind the scenes he's just begging her to like land a, a meeting with like yeah he's buyer. whining about it and i didn't quite realize it but she was literally just like putting him off the entire time yeah mm-hmm. like uh, allegedly she was very influential and she was like oh oh and that's the time's not right yet for you yeah 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 once it once it's time she you was know, using him he got, he got what he deserved y- yeah but the, even to backtrack then he wakes up the next morning after he beds this woman I don't know what made him freak out, but maybe he just had a realization of what he did. So he runs to Elizabeth Shue's rental house and her friend, cousin, whatever, says she was she left town. So he's like sad. But you don't know. I thought he was sad because he realizes she knew. And that's why she left town. Eventually, you find out when he meets up with her again and to apologize. Like he's on his knees, essentially apologizing mm-hmm. to her in her restaurant that she works. Later you find out that um, she had no idea, or he had no idea that she saw him with the other woman. Yeah. So what was he apologizing for? I think that his relationship with her was like pure. And then he felt guilt the next day that he had, he had, done that with the rich lady but he rich kelly lynch but i'll only elaborate only because you haven't seen it in the last three years okay yeah please do she he's like uh he's apologizing to her she's like i saw you with that woman and he's like oh yeah like but so then what was he apologizing for exactly i mean because even in jamaica the cousin's like what did you do to her anyway it's like he knew you had to have known i I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Right. What, like, was he faking that she knew? I, I couldn't get it. Right. Like, I think, I think it was probably his, his worst fear confirmed. Like, mm. he was hoping all this time that she didn't know and he, and she left for a different reason. But as soon as she said that, he's like, yeah, so this is like, maybe he kind of like even twisted reality in his maybe. mind because he was so scared of it being true that he had like rewritten it. But then she confirmed for him. It's like, yeah, uh, I saw you guys going back to your hut to do it. Jamaica. <laughs> do it. He when he gets back to New York and he's living with this woman as her like sex slave, he goes to hang out with Coglin on a boat yeah, with uh, again, Kelly why? Lynch. And it, and again, oh. I'm thinking to myself like, what are you doing, bro? You just back in. It's like he's like a drug addict. He's just like mm-hmm. he fell off the horse again. He's back with Coglin. He has no redeeming qualities up in this point. Nothing. No, no, absolutely not. And they go to that art show where he eventually breaks it off with uh, the rich woman. Do you realize he was wearing cowboy boots in that suit? I did. Was he really? I did realize it. When he... Size five cowboy boots? When at the very end of the scene, 
when he bends over to pick something up. Yeah, he's like picking up his jacket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got these cowboy boots <laughs> on. I read that down in my notes. And when she's like, uh, what's her, uh, her name's like Marty or Maury. She's like walking away because she's done with it. Like, and he's standing there squared, like his 80s pants. You could see like the bottom half of the cowboy boot. It's like, is he wearing cowboy boots? Mm -hmm. Like, what a mix of styles back then to like the rich. It's been three years, but wasn't he wearing like a black button up with black pants? It was like a dark gray. Like a charcoal. Yeah. Yeah. With cowboy boots. It was like Mm -hmm. a bolo tie. Another part that uh, struck me, and I don't know if I said this during the last episode, but when eventually he like tells her that it's over after this fight breaks out at the art house because some richy rich art guy mouthed off to him and he beat him up. Yeah. He tells her, he's like, I, I had my stuff cleaned out this afternoon. <laughs> yes. It's over. Oh my God, it's amazing. And then I'm thinking to myself like, what did you even go to the art show for if you were breaking <laughs> right. up with her? What a terrible <laughs> evening you just set up for yourself if you were dumping her to begin with. And, and isn't it like to see the desperation in her eyes. She's like, no, no, I, I have two meetings set up with a, like, I just like Mm -hmm. just this afternoon as he's moving out, she's like really setting up two meetings. She was like so desperate to like cling on to him. Yeah. I set, I set these meetings up and you know, I'm glad Brian, like he couldn't live that life. Yeah. But what if she really did set up two meetings? How the movie would have ended? Yeah. Right. With like the head of, Wall Street, you know, like <laughs> President, President of Wall Street. Of Wall Street here. <laughs> yeah. Gordon Gecko. The crossover continues. He eventually goes to try to win back Elizabeth Shue and she reveals to him that she's pregnant. And that's when you kind of have the like worst apology in movie history happen. And later he tries to track her down again and he finds out that he's she's at her parents' house. And that's when he finds out that she is also rich. Mm-hmm. And that he really just screwed up because if he just stayed with her he would have had whatever he wanted to begin with and then you find you see her dad i I think i feel like i've mentioned this before but her dad is wearing what looks to just be the cheapest suit imaginable (laughs) but he's living in like park avenue penthouse yeah he looks like they're just the worst actor they could have picked to be this guy whatsoever (laughs) maybe it's like highlander and he's like the dp and they're like borrow your dad's suit Come in here. We need yeah. a suit ASAP. Who's wearing one? We need it. The Who's the only person dressed... that owns a suit? The butler was dressed <laughs> a lot crew. better than, than than he was. Yeah. So he yeah he, and uh, he basically just says you know Jordan's not here, but here's ten thousand dollars to kind of stay out of her life. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Jordan shows up and in a fit where like he hasn't been doing a very good job at apologizing and repenting for his disgusting behavior, and then. Uh, he says, like, why didn't you ever tell me that you were, you know, rich? And she's like, you know, like, coming to America style, I just wanted to know how you felt about me. And then dropping the line to, like, reel her in, well, I guess now you'll never know. But, like, that's, like, maybe if she was walking, like, he didn't do anything to be able to drop that line. Yeah, like, he had no leverage. He had zero leverage for that If anything, line. she should have delivered that line. Exactly, yeah. because he had nothing to it's offer. Like the, it's like they got the script wrong do that you day. Think Nobody they, noticed. Do you think they filmed it and Tom asked for a line reading? <laughs> so what if I what if I said that? What if I say that? <laughs> this I movie felt like um, an earlier Sorry. version of a movie, an earlier script that everyone agreed was not good, and they eventually improved because like <laughs> right. they had a kind of a negative trajectory the whole film. They didn't yeah. have like a you know. Um, a super happy 
rejoining. It yeah. just felt like, yeah, we're kind of doing this. This is it's like a spec script for a better movie. Right. I, I absolutely, I would have loved to see that Brian could be redeemed and be the loving man and ultimately soon to be father that Jordan deserved. Mm. Like, the whole movie was just him trying to make a million. It literally was. He was just so focused on money. And he, like, in the heat of the moment, yeah, maybe he won her because basically, like, Jordan didn't like the way her father was acting, right? So he, she was disgusted more by that than Ooh, quick going quest. back to Brian. Mm. Quick question. In the final bar scene, are Jordan's parents at the celebration? Not that I noticed. No, not, no. Well, remember, because they, when sh- they left after that awkward fight scene with the the bellhop, he's like, you leave, you're out. How about, yeah, but I, how I'm about Brian we, Flanagan? Maybe made them reconcile. No. Hey, how about Brian Flanagan destroying two different sculptures in this movie? <laughs> by pushing somebody into it. He hated art. He hated 80s God, sculptures. He hated it so If much. I were like in college 20 years ago, I would have done a thesis about his destruction of art. <laughs> what it meant for 21st century <laughs> <What> men. <laughs> How radiant. toxic masculinity <laughs> that wedding they had at that like at the bar. How mm-hmm. radiant did Elizabeth Shue look? She, she looked amazing. She was glowing. Yeah. Golly, yeah, just the flower of youth upon yeah. her. Yeah, it was just poor Brian. Just kind of still didn't really win me over as a viewer. No, because you think about the rest of their lives. He's going to be a barman working from two in the afternoon till five in the morning. That's, yes. She's going to be raising a kid by By herself. herself. I couldn't help but think that because, like, firstly, you know, everybody's screaming for another poem by the barman poet, right? This is what gets Jordan, like, gets her ovulating for, like, Brian's engorged. (laughs) I don't know. But, like, like, oh, my God, he can compose a bar poet poem oh my god i need him but then the reality is jonesy you just nailed it it's like the rest of their lives is dad never being around Mm -hmm. because he's working nights and weekends at his own place oh yeah there's no like he owns his own business he's the bartender right he's the manager he's the bar back he's everything there's nothing appealing about i'm sorry like but like i my question is how do families like, you know, with successful bar, like a bartender is a very successful job, right? If you like, it could be. Yeah, if you're in the right place, right time, it, right yes, clientele. Exactly. Let's but say that, how do you make it work? Let's say yeah. this is the Roadhouse universe where Patrick Swayze's making as Jesus. a, as a, as a doorman. Oh, right. Four million dollars a like year. Five grand a week. Yeah. In that universe. If this lives in the same thing, maybe Brian's pulling in a ton of money in this universe just remember because they were so hot at that cell block bar yeah yeah maybe yeah. he's making so much money that he can like and maybe he invests with gordon gecko the other mm-hmm. part of the crossover and gordon flips his money into us to his first million yeah and he's able wow. to hire a staff i mean let's revisit this in cocktail 10 years later oh my god there needs to be a cocktail too do you think maverick look, that's excellent. cocktail two after to maverick flanagan my God! Can oh, you imagine Flanagan, him and Elizabeth? Cocktails and dreams. Him and Elizabeth Shue rejoining Holy for a sequel. Crap. Where he has a daughter and she's like uh-huh. the next barman. Oh, poet. Po- but played he's by like whom? Diane Lane. <laughs> okay, Diane Lane. Just Diane Lane, currently fifty-one years young. 
<laughs> I would watch that. You know, I would yeah. too. We skipped over uh, Coglin killing himself. Yeah, it's a little dark. Yeah. How about he he broke a bottle and and cut his own throat with yeah. it? What a way that to go. is. I mean, who would have the courage? <laughs> I mean, you got to know there's tons of blow on that boat. Why not just OD? Just jump out of the boat. Well, How about, I feel like, like drowning's bad too. Yeah. I really felt. I mean, I think in in Doug's own way, he sold his confession to Brian. Like he is such a he was such like um a, a s talker the whole movie. Like the way his he like channeled his character to confess and say I've got nothing. She's my wife thinks I've got it all, but. I blew it all and commodities like I don't have a pot to piss in. Mm. Like I thought that was very, it felt genuine. Like it didn't feel like a cheesy act movie line. Like the way his character has been up until this point, yeah. that's the only way he could have sold it. He definitely felt like he got his own comeuppance. I think he felt like this whole time, like Brian, this is me telling you, don't listen to an effing word I say. I've ruined your life for the past seven years or and then after he realizes what he has done to brian's life he's like i can't continue to spread this yes yeah at the same time his wife is the rich one right did he blow all of her money i think he just blew his money oh maybe but uh, i don't know i yeah i think i think he had my uh (laughs) my impression was he had money to open this restaurant and any profits he was making he lost all that so the restaurant's going to go down this restaurant bar so you know, and that maybe that was his play money and not, you know, like the family's, her family's money was kept separate or yeah, something. I think I, I, think I was right. checking slack around that scene. <laughs> yeah, it was getting, it was getting to be time. Like, <laughs> yeah, what's, what's everyone else up to right now? So I did a little digging with the, uh, the Louis, Louis Latre, they call it the Louis Trey brandy because I wanted to know more about it. And uh, so I had to Google like Louis Trey in very different. Are you about to service three classes of uh, Louis Latre brandy right now? <laughs> I, so I didn't know what it was, right. but uh, it's Remy Martin, Louis the oh. Thirteenth brandy, and uh, I, I think in when he said it was fifteen hundred dollars bottle. Now it's about three thousand dollars a bottle. Wow. Oh, never mind. Yeah, but he the, cut but his the, throat with it. The bottle still looks the same. It's like the the um I I saw on like the websites where they're selling it, but Tom Cruise even I it felt like an ad for the liquor because mm. he like picks up the decanter he's like baccarat crystal like that's what the bottle's made out of or whatever but yeah so i did some all of a sudden stuff. flanagan's an expert on crystal making <laughs> that's what he yeah. blew his money on <laughs> doug told making. him all about it so it's all bullshit anyway oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, god it's a pleasure sit back why don't we do this, this every again. week again i mean oh, every every man. every like six months we should watch cocktail again it yeah, only release see cocktail what else we could extract, extract. I think if we do it long enough, we could probably get like, you know, second director of, you know, yeah, like assistant. we could start getting people mm-hmm. connected to this movie. Is, is Grassroots Cog- campaign. Is Coglin, get the DP. Coglin still alive? We get him. He might be. Yeah, sure. Him and Paul Hogan probably throwing a shrimp on the back. We, <laughs> we get Paul Hogan instead. <laughs> watch Paul Hogan watch cocktail with us. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was a huge wake up call for Brian. Huge wake up call for us, frankly. Yeah. I agree. Watching this movie for a third time. I just want to give myself the highest of props for holding my own. Yeah. (laughs) You did. Yeah. You really did. Like, gave you guys the old one, too. You know? You nearly sounded like you just watched it last night. (laughs) Nearly. 70% effective. (laughs) Yeah. I gave myself a C. In a perfect world, if we had the time. 
to do this more than once a year, we would bring back the interview with the podcast vampire. Finish the filmography. We would do maybe we'd do a bonus episode of the new of a new movie. Oh, can you imagine? What's next? Is it? Is it? Uh, Fourth of July. Oh, what a great movie that is too. It's funny because I was we were going back through listening, uh, and we had the same idea. Like we were going to do a special episode on Rogue Nation, the previous yeah. Mission <sighs> Impossible movie. Yeah, that, that one hurt when I heard that on the show. Yeah, like, oh, are we gonna like, do an episode on Rogue Nation? It's coming I th- out. I mean, I think it's high level dreams. Yeah, dreams against dreams. It's like it's already there. The game plan is there. We already have a subject, and it's just movies. It's not like you know anything. Let, let me just that. throw some throw this phrase out. There. Oh God! Once a month, <sighs> maybe we do two movies, one hour recording once a month. A tight twenty five minutes for each episode. Yeah, because these episodes that we did were pretty short. They were 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I it's mean, possible. it would be, it would be up to Dale. <laughs> Dale would be the one making a call. All right, I, well, you want me to make a call now? I'm in. I'm in. So am I. Oh my! I thought it would be up to Jonesy. Like Jonesy's got the. You kid me. (laughs) Run to the shelter. You're a wizard, Harry. So we say, let's say first weekend of the month. Maybe we just make it the same date. We hold ourselves Mm. to it. Hold ourselves to it. First Mm -hmm. weekend of the month, Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Yes, nine p.m. Play a little Rocket League after. (laughs) Oh, f me. (laughs) Oh. First of the month. Oh. I would play, I'd start playing Run to the Shelter of Your Love, but it's not on the cocktail soundtrack. <laughs> but it is on the vinyl. It's on right? Jimmy Cliff's greatest hits. Oh my I checked. God. Can we but get Jimmy? Be... What if we get Jimmy Cliff on the show? Oh, man. He, I don't think he's we still alive. We watched Born on the Fourth of July with Jimmy Cliff. <laughs> God. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, your thoughts on Vietnam in general? <laughs> And soldiers with PTSD. Oh, Tell me what you think about Richard Nixon. Mission Impossible <laughs> Fallout just came out. What if we got uh, Superman to watch like a few good men with us? Tell us about your thoughts, Cavill, and Seven Bucks Productions. <laughs> Henry, Henry Cav. Like, we're going to watch a few good men. Yes, you were probably 10 when that movie came out. <laughs> we were just entering peak Tom, and we stopped. Yeah. 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 Maybe we're too afraid of how strong the power was. I think we released was. that show once a month. Because if I remember yeah. correctly, we recorded vampire after paper keg yeah so that was like the last thing we recorded that night it was like we had done the homework of paper keg and we just let loose and it was like 11 o'clock we yeah. would record tom and it was it was just like a nice and then i think it just became like steam, oh, steam yeah, i don't know if i won't feel like doing tom tonight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but now that if it's the only thing we're doing mm-hmm. get the juices flowing Jesus. again relight the forges oh my god under <laughs> calls for aid so yes, maybe subscribe. Follow a link in the show notes. Yeah, to the interview with the podcast mm. vampire mm. podcast. Subscribe. Jeez. Watch the feed. The most viral podcast in New Jersey right now. Yeah, just got the numbers in. So this is the biggest podcast out of Cedarville, New Jersey. Right. You kidding? In me? bedrooms you kidding that, me? that are sixty-two degrees. In a child's bedroom. <laughs> we have lighters. AKA on. studio. I turn the heat up when he's sleeping. <laughs> right. Walked in here. I thought I walked into a freezer. <laughs> I meat locker. Saw, I thought I was going to see like chicken wings. This is in the where corner. I pity any man who needs to buy propane during the winter to heat his house. <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs>